0: You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings.
1: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: Here we are for another edition of Locked On Kings. I'm Jason Ross here for you each and every day on demand when you want to listen about your Sacramento Kings and the NBA as the NBA playoffs showcased one game On Tuesday night, we'll chronicle Game 5 of the Rockets and the Spurs and continue our player evaluations. Yesterday, our podcast was focused on Rudy Gay and his decision to opt out. Well, I had uh, talked to our four panelists, Katie Christensen, Jerry Reynolds, Jason Jones, James Hamm, about Rudy Gay prior to this decision, and so we'll get their thoughts on him and their player evaluation on Rudy Gay's season with the Sacramento Kings. Only 30 games before that season-ending injury, but we'll still evaluate what we saw in that portion on the court with Rudy Gay. So we'll do that coming up today on the podcast. Again, follow us on iTunes. Subscribe. It's free. Leave us a rating and review if you would. Those uh, comments help us and give us a kind of a greater standing amongst iTunes. So if you're a regular and you subscribe there, could you please do me a favor and do that? Just take two seconds and give us a rating and a review. Um, that would be wonderful and greatly appreciated. Also, Boom, Stitcher, and a Google Play, all the different places to find Locked on Kings here for you each and every day but want to look back at game five of the Western Conference semifinals of course the winner waiting the San Antonio excuse me waiting the Golden State Warriors so the Spurs and Rockets had played four games none of them really that compelling but finally we had a good game five
0: screen by Aldridge from Manu taking the left side whips a pass right wing Danny Green penetrating Green all the way in runner off the glass is good and the foul to the free throw line goes Danny Green with an and one the Spurs lead 108-107. Anderson guarded tightly by Manu. Out to Harden. He's double-teamed. Harden tries to work free for a shot. Swatted by Ginobili. There's the buzzer. This ball game is over. Manu Ginobili snuffs a shot by James Harden. And the Spurs win game five in dramatic fashion.
3: No, I didn't think about anything. I I know what his where his shot release is from and he went by me. So I tried to bother him as much as I could and I saw that I found myself with the, you know, very close to the ball, so I, I went for it. But very risky. It was a risky play. But um it was also risky to let him shoot, so I took my chances. To keep him away from closing the game, it gotta be kinda bad. He tried, and you could see in the last two shots, he couldn't land, he couldn't take off the the way he usually does. So we'll see. Uh, you know, it just happened, so you gotta wait usually 24 hours to see how he is. But um, I'm telling you, the way he is and the way he competes, when we saw him just Upsetting to finish the game. It was not a great signal. Uh, running back in transition. I haven't watched film yet, but I just remember running back in transition and it kind of rolled.
0: Somebody's
3: or something. I'm not sure. I got to look at the film. Um, my teammates doing a great job of um, carrying, carrying it over uh, the energy. Um, and you know, uh, they really didn't get out there.
2: Well, in there you heard uh, the big play by Danny Green, the block by Manu Ginobili late in the game in the uh, final shot. I thought overtime was extremely sloppy. But this is the game that if, if the Spurs win the series, the Rockets are going to kick themselves. I mean, this was the game, the first 50-50 game could have gone either way. And the loser of the series is going to point to game five. And I guess the only way uh, the Spurs wouldn't is if they lose Game 6 and Game 7. They were the one that edged Game 5. So I'm really thinking of this more from the Rockets' perspective. But had the Spurs lost it at home, they would have been kicking themselves. And just a weird finish in which Kawhi Leonard, as you heard from Manny Ginobili and Kawhi, talking about his injury, he couldn't finish the game. I thought he would have even been on the floor as a decoy in that final shot of regulation in which the Spurs took too much time before Patty Mills banked in the three, which was waved off. Then in overtime, really sloppy. Ultimately, the Spurs made just a few more plays, and they survive. So, Rockets have to win Game 6. Otherwise, they are out, and it'll be the Spurs-Warriors. If not, we'll have a Game 7 of that series. And, of course, on Wednesday night in the East, the Cavs, they're still waiting as it's Game 5 between the Celtics and the Wizards. All right, now I want to get into our player evaluation, and that, of course, is on Rudy Gay. And Rudy, to me, as you heard in my podcast yesterday, I've always really enjoyed Rudy as a person. I think he's a good teammate. I think he's a good dude. I think he's a guy that, if he was a little bit more accepting of playing the four, could really flourish there, and then just had just the awful injury. I mean, there was such a bad night and a sad night at Golden 1 Center when he was laying there on the baseline. You knew it was bad. He's carried off the court. His season ended, and there was such a big decision that he had to make. Uh, The organization, I think, was thinking about trading him, too, so it just, it hurt everybody. It, it hurt everybody that night. But Rudy is on the road to recovery. He's getting better. And he has now opted out. So with that said, before we hear our, player, our uh, player evaluations on Rudy Gay from Katie and Jason and Jerry and James, uh, let's listen back to the season. That was, all brief, but the season it was for Rudy Gay.
0: Cousins accelerates, drives to the left, puts the left hand up. It's blocked by Drummond. It's grabbed by Rudy. Rudy goes to the rack and throws down the second chance opportunity. Here's Rudy, isolated, low left, just outside the paint. Digs to the middle of the lane, turns for the fall away. He loves that shot. He scores that shot. Rudy Gay Gay has a 15-point first quarter. He has exactly half of the Kings' total of 30 with 225 yet to play in the first stanza. Chris Cousins at the left elbow, throws a pass to Rudy in the corner, gonna launch a corner three, and score the corner three. The Kings are five of 12 from downtown. After a rocky stretch where they committed eight turnovers in this second quarter, they've righted the ship, they lead 60 to 38. Wiggins looks left, drives right, in the paint, runs into Costa Cuba, loses the ball, grabbed by Rudy, numbers Kings. Rudy gives it and gets it back to Lawson for a two-hand flush. Nice transition push by Sacramento to make it a 10-point game once again. And it was good defense against Andrew Wiggins that triggered that open floor opportunity. Rudy Gay has it, screened from Cousins, on the left angle, three-point range, dances with a dribble, drives hard right, reaches to the rim and scores. Nicely done by Rudy. He's got 11 points in this quarter. Barnes with three seconds to go, drives inside, gives it up, and scoring up the Butler is Rudy Gay. He threw it to Rudy. It slipped off his hands. He grabbed it back. He knew he was out of time. That was great clock awareness by Rudy Gay, who ends up getting the basket. So we'll go to the fourth with the Kings up by eight. Trying to fight and keep it alive. Misses the second one. Barnes has the rebound to Rudy. Got an open look at three. He's got the triple. Oh, my goodness. It's a one-possession, three-point game. 116-113, 26 and a half seconds to go. The missed free throw by Cousins. The rebound kicked out to Rudy Gay, who was wide open and delivered the three-pointer.
2: All right, we're going to start things out with the Sacramento Bees. Jason Jones, Kings beat reporter for the Sacramento Bee, covers the team on a regular basis, and Jason still kind of remembers that night all too well when Rudy got hurt.
3: I think I mean when he got when he got hurt, that was probably the lowest I've ever seen that locker room. I mean, guys are legitimately just stung by kind of watching that thing happen Rudy, because Rudy was playing well when he got hurt. I know he's a he's an easy target for fans because a lot of times the analytic numbers don't. Make him out to be a good player, or they don't seem to benefit him in some people's eyes. But Rudy, you know, a guy who gets you 18 a night is still a guy who gets you 18 to 20 a night. And I just think as long as there's no setbacks with his recovery, doesn't look like right there's going to be any. He'll be ahead of schedule. I'd, I'd be surprised if he didn't decide to go ahead and opt out and see what's out there because he's never really been a free agent. People forget that he was a restricted when he signed that big deal in uh, with uh, Memphis. But then he signed an extension with the Kings. And I know with Rudy's age, he wants to get back to the playoffs. He doesn't want to be in a rebuilding situation as his career you know his career is closer to the end than it was the beginning. And the one thing that trade of the Marcus does do is that it puts him in a situation where if the Kings do wanna really bring him back, does he really wanna come back as a guy who's gonna be basically the, you know, the veteran mentor type on a team that really can't win a lot of games. And I think at this stage, Rudy would love to get back to the playoffs and have a chance to win.
2: Does he want to be – I know if he goes to a playoff team, are we talking about him being the second best player on that playoff team, the third best player, a role player? Where, where would he be if he chooses the security of a contract but also a playoff-type team?
3: It really depends on the team. I know – he's always been linked to OKC a lot just because every you know, obviously we've been losing Kevin, Kevin Durant in all season. I think he goes to, OK, if he goes, to, ends up in OKC, he's their second best player. And that's no, you know, <laughs> and that's not, and that's not even, and, and then, you know, he, he gives them something they don't have. He gives them a guy that when Russell Westbrook sits down, you can still score, you know, and that's really being you know, brought to light even more at the playoffs. I think, uh, Folks who are wondering what's the weapon with the MVP, just watch those those few minutes he doesn't play against the Houston and watch the to that team. So I think you're looking at a situation where if he can get somewhere like that, he would definitely be higher up. But I think also Rudy's also smart enough to know if that if, if it means taking a step back and being the third best player on the team, maybe option number three. But it means winning a lot more. You know, he has he'd he have no problem adjusting to that. At this point, I just know Rudy pretty well. Rudy misses winning more
2: than anything. Next up, we catch up with Jerry Reynolds. Again, his perspective on Rudy's season. Again, 30 games for Rudy Gay, and we kind of asked Jerry, where are we going with Rudy and his decision? Now, remember, this uh, interview was done before Rudy decided to opt out.
4: Well, that's Honestly, if I could read Rudy's mind, I'd read a lot <laughs> of other people's minds a lot <laughs> that yeah. could make me some money. But, uh, but you know, I, I think it's probably simpler than that. It's just he's a good guy. Uh, Rudy is a legitimately good guy who, who wants to be a good teammate. Now, uh, does that mean he would stay with the team, not stay with the team? I, I don't know, know either thing would be true for sure, but I think he's a guy that likes his teammates and they like him. And I think it's probably as simple as that, that he just uh, wanted to, uh, say, uh, show some support for him. And I think, you know, not surprising at all with Rudy.
2: Yeah, and I actually, of all things, could, you know, if he gets an offer from another team and it's multiple years and they're more of a winning team, I totally get leaving. But... I could see him staying, for the one, for the money, and two, the fit might actually be pretty good around all the young guys in all those other spots They kind of need a score at that small forward.
4: Yeah, I mean, I, I could see it both ways. I mean, certainly from Rudy's perspective. Uh, you know, I mean, he's at the age where he has to look, uh, you know, at the big picture for his career, and yet uh, it could be that, that this situation might actually be the very best for him at this time. And, and then... You know, coming off an injury like that, just what uh, you know, what kind of offers would be out there. I mean, uh, he, his agent will, you know, they'll find that all out, and that will have a lot to do with the final decision because it it really will be most likely a business decision. Uh, what would be the best for him uh, in his career, uh, short term and long term? So, uh, you know, that'll take care of itself. But I like to say, Rudy's a good guy.
2: So again, some of Rudy's numbers, nearly 19 points per game, six boards per game, 30 games played, played both those forward positions, but I think really should play the four a little bit more as his career goes forward. And uh, next we hear from Katie Christensen. We asked Katie, what does she think is best for Rudy?
1: You know, Jason, I think when you're a player that has been in the league as long as Rudy has and you're at the age you are and you're coming off a major injury my personal opinion is it's probably the safest thing for him to not opt out of his contract and that is that is money that is guaranteed to you you know you, you don't know what's going to happen if you opt out and kind of you know take your chances on the market and see what other teams not only feel about you based on your recovery and do they want to take that chance but also about you know, at your age, what can you bring to their team? And I think that from a value perspective, it's probably a better decision for him to stay. And I went back and forth. Like I, I, am still not sure what I think, I think he's going to do. I was pretty adamant for a while that, um, like, uh oh, he, he'd be crazy to opt out. There's, there's no way that he does that. But there, I think there is a possibility that he opts out because, the, the amount of work and progress that he has made in his recovery, um, it's it's pretty phenomenal. And I think he will be ready by the beginning of training camp to play. So that puts him in a position where, okay, maybe he wants a change of scenery too. However, I think that being around the team at the end of the season was a good thing for the Kings in terms of him being able to be around the coaching staff with the new roster and experience it firsthand what that locker room is like, because that is a phenomenal locker room. And he was very positive. He was also more vocal and, and more involved with this team than he, you know, just sitting on the bench the last handful of games than he had been the whole time he was playing. So I think personnel wise, it might actually help the decision to stay because I think that it, it might have changed his mind a little bit. But I don't know, Jason. It's a kind of a – you could roll the dice right now.
2: And lastly, we hear from Kings insider James Ham. I was talking to James about how much I enjoyed watching Rudy play, and uh, James kind of shares those same thoughts and uh, Rudy Gay's season in 2016-2017.
5: You know what? I, I love watching Rudy play too. You know, he's one of those guys that when you look at him and you really assess the way that he goes to the rim and and the way that he's able to finish, he he has this, this silky smooth quality to him that it's George Gervin esque It's, uh, it's an artist and I love watching him, but at the same time, the winning thing became an issue. Like, and I'm not going to blame Rudy Gay or DeMarcus Cousins for wins and losses, but, you got to want it every single step of the way. And I I felt bad for him too, walking in the locker room and seeing him with his hoodie pulled over his face and, you know, on crutches was, was a tough moment. I mean, I, I know, like, you almost got choked up in the locker room seeing that happen because he's someone that you've watched grow. You know, he had his, his first child here in Sacramento and then his second child, you know, you know his wife, Echo, uh, he's been here long enough that that, you know, he's he's funny and he's so likable and he's he's just a really, really good dude. And he's very talented. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, are you going to win? Are you going to win a championship with him as your number two scorer? And I don't know that that's the case because the Kings weren't able to ever get into the playoffs with him as a number two scorer. And so, I you know. I think we've probably seen the last of him in the Sacramento Kings uniform. I'd be surprised, very surprised if he opted into his 14.2 million dollar contract for next season. And that's just because he had already made his decision. He had already said, I'm leaving either you trade me now or I will leave in free agency and I will not be back. And so, so I don't think he goes back on that. I think he's, made it very clear to everyone. He's done videos. He's walked in front of the, the NBC sports cameras to make sure that, you know, Katie Christensen interviewed him. He's showing everybody that he's further along than everyone thought he would be in his rehab. And I think he'll be ready probably to show people what he can do right around July 1st. And that tells me that he's going to be, he's going to be wanted. And whether that's for two years at $25 million or you know some sort of low lower market value for him to prove that he's healthy. I still think he gets it because Wes Matthews got a 4 year what 72 million dollar deal coming off a torn Achilles and Wes actually tore his 6 weeks later in the season than Rudy did. And so that tells me that they the technology is there to recover quickly to get back on the court and I think he played 78 games in his first season in Dallas after uh, the Achilles injury. And so from from just judging that, I, I think we've seen the last of Rudy in a King's uniform just because he wants to win. He's he's 30 going on 31. Uh, it, it's time for him to sort of figure out how he can get to a team, a championship level team and see if he can make a run.
2: And again, those four comments coming from Jason, Jerry, Katie and James prior to Rudy's decision to opt out. I don't think the that decision is that surprising. And we talked a lot about that on yesterday's podcast, what that ultimately can mean. I I still think Rudy will end up on another team. But if we're looking at what he did for this team, I, I still feel like there's a portion of the Kings fan base that is really anti-Rudy. And I'm not entirely sure why. I think he's been given the short end from the fans for some reason. I, I And I'm not... Uh, you know he was paid a lot. He was asked to be a big time player here. I think he was good. i think I don't know what else people wanted from him. I mean, you could always want more. We wanted more from Demarcus. We wanted more even when Isaiah was here. Kevin Martin, all the different guys that have been asked to be good players for this organization, but he's a scorer. he's done that i I think his year a year ago under George Carl was really sour with Rondo and cousins it just it just never really blossomed. He also was hurt. You could tell when he came back this year, he was fresher, livelier, more energetic more aggressive to the rim and I think he's expanded his game a little bit I still like to see a little bit more of a three-point weapon out of Rudy thought he did some nice things there rebounded decently this year had a couple I think four double doubles in his 30 games pretty consistently around that 20 point mark and I think had he not gotten hurt and they kept him and DeMarcus was gone I think those numbers would have gone up that's why I had said I think Rudy could have flourished this next year at 14.2, be the leading scorer in a final year while he's recovering. But I get his decision to opt out. He's going to look for more security, a bigger deal, a longer-term deal. Still could happen with the Kings, but I put that percentage really low. I just don't think that's going to happen. Remember Rudy's other big caveat, he wants to win. And he's played in the playoffs in 11 seasons. He's been in there once. Kings have that long drought. I just... I don't picture Rudy Gay back as a member of the Sacramento Kings. And one other point on that perspective for Rudy, why I feel like people have been maybe a little bit too critical of his overall game. Because if you remember before Rudy, the long, long, long drought of trying to fill that position. Small forward, I don't think is that difficult a position to fill in the NBA. But it was for years for the Sacramento Kings. Artest and Stojakovic, uh, those two went back-to-back. Those were a really good good run at the small forward position. Salmons had a decent run the first time through, but the Kings just couldn't find anybody to play that position consistently. They add Rudy Gay, a good name, a guy that they brought over in a trade, decided to sign an extension here. I I feel like at that point he got hoodwinked a little bit because he was sold on Mike Malone. Then Coach Malone, after he signs that extension, is basically gone a month later. So there were some weird things that happened for Rudy Gay in his tenure in Sacramento that I feel like fans kind of, I mean, I've seen a lot of things, social media, like when Rudy opted out, said like, good riddance. And I just, to me, it's not a good riddance situation. I wish him good luck. I like Rudy. Uh, I wish he would have won more in Sacramento, but I, I, I don't look at him as one of the problems that the Sacramento Kings had. He didn't end up being a part of the solution, but I didn't look at him as being part of the problem. So anyway, I wish nothing but the best for Rudy Gay. And if it's in Sacramento, great. I just hope it's not a terrible contract. And if it's not, which I believe he will not be in Sacramento, I do wish him nothing but the best. My thanks again today to James Hamm, Katie Christensen, Jerry Reynolds, Jason Jones, all joining us as our analysts and giving our player evaluations on Rudy Gay. Thank you so much for listening. Back again tomorrow with another edition of Locked on Kings.
0: You are Locked On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. The all right with me. Just one look at you, and I know it's going to be a lovely- place with the helpful hardware folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our 4-pack of LED bulbs is 9.99, and our 2-pack of LED floodlights is only 12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.